0: Welcome, dudes and dudettes, to episode 102 of the podcast, 102 episodes. This episode is entitled The Fear of Insanity, or The Fear of Going Crazy. It is one of the top two fears reported by anybody who is dealing with uh, panic attacks in any way. The top two fears that are reported consistently across the board globally by anybody who is experiencing panic attacks or high anxiety is number one, death that a panic attack is literally going to kill you or harm you physically in some way. Number two, a close second is insanity. Um, and that that's a kind of a wide thing, the whole insanity thing. People are afraid that when they are experiencing very high anxiety or panic, that they may go insane, they may lose their mind, they may snap, they may lose touch with reality. There's a wide range of, of things that go along with the term insanity or going crazy, if you will. But we're going to try, try and cover those in this episode. Uh, so we're really going to talk about specifically talking about the fear of going crazy or losing one's mind as a result of being anxious or or in a panic. So the way I want to start this, I I don't have a lot to say about this, to be honest with you, uh, because there's really, the first thing I want to say is, the fear of going insane or losing one's mind or losing touch with reality or snapping or going over the edge, however way you want to say, we're just going to say going insane. The fear of going insane during a panic attack is no different than the fear of dying during a panic attack, passing out during a panic attack, you know, uh, being ill, physically ill during a panic attack, embarrassing. So they're all the same fear. In the end, there's really no difference between that fear and any other fear that you might have connected to anxiety. How you feel, you know, what you're thinking, those are scary things, and you project these terrible outcomes because of these scary things in your head and and the feelings in your body. So the fear of going crazy or going insane is actually no different than any other fear associated with panic attacks and anxiety. It just isn't. So the first thing that you're going to have to put your brain around here is that this is not a special fear. It's not a special fear. It's the same as someone else's fear of passing out or falling down or 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 having to run to the bathroom and not making it or vomiting. It's the same as those fears. It's not a special kind of fear. How do I deal with the fear of going crazy? So the same advice that I would give somebody who is afraid that they are going to die during a panic attack, I'm going to give you if your fear is that you're going to go crazy. So get ready for that because... You're not going to hear some sort of special technique that specifically addresses going crazy. We'll talk about some specific things that are related to the concept of insanity and what that all means, but there's not going to be any special advice that says, well, this is what you do when you're afraid that you're going to go crazy because really you're going to hear me say the same things that I have been saying for five years into this microphone, um, just just kind of directly aimed at that fear. So I we'll talk about that for a few minutes. And then I actually went into the Facebook group a couple of days ago. And again, as always, if you're not in the Facebook group, go to the anxious slash links, follow the link to the Facebook group and ask to join, we will get you in there. Um, I asked in the Facebook group a few days ago, if anybody had any particular questions about this fear, the fear of losing your mind, the fear of going crazy during a panic attack. And I did have a few people respond. So we're going to go over some of those specific concerns that people had. But First, let's get rolling in terms of what is this fear? What is this fear, the fear of going insane? In the end, this is a control thing, right? This is this is a control thing. So when you get to the point where you feel like you are under so much tension and stress, because of intense fear, the fear is intense, right? Um, And you don't know how it can get like it's at the maximum thing that you think you can possibly handle. This is the most fear that I think I could possibly handle. You think that you're going to lose the ability to control your own mind because this thing is pressing on you somehow and it's exerting so much pressure on your brain, on your mind, on your ability to be conscious and think and be in control that it will overwhelm your ability to maintain control of your mental facilities or faculties. That's what this is. You think that the fear, the discomfort, the tension, the stress that comes along with anxiety and panic, you think that it will somehow overwhelm this control mechanism that you have that keeps you at all times you maintain control of your sanity and your thoughts and your brain and your mind, and that this thing will come at you and overwhelm that and somehow break the mechanism that keeps you sane. So what when you are afraid, that you are going to go crazy, or lose your mind, or, you know, otherwise go insane, lose your mind, snap, lose touch with reality, whatever it is. When you're worried about those things, what you are really worried about is that there's some sort of external force that is going to overwhelm some sort of control mechanism that you always have engaged. And that's not true. Let's let's address that first. You do not have a control mechanism in place that is just operating 24 seven to maintain your sanity. There is no such thing as that. We certainly have thinking uh, strategies. We have cognitive strategies. We have emotional patterns. We have a lot of different things that come into play when we process emotions and feelings and we, we, we put up a lens through which we see the world. There's a lot of ways that you interact mentally, emotionally, cognitively you know, with, with the world and what you process things in your head. But none of those things is some sort of magic control mechanism that is always sitting there like keeping you sane. There's there is no such thing as that. So when you know that, like you couldn't decide to turn that off if you wanted to. It's like your it's like your immune system in your body. You don't get you don't get a say over that, right? You couldn't turn it off even if you wanted to. So there but there is no immunity in your brain against insanity. So it's super important above all else I think in this conversation to understand how the process of insanity or going crazy, if you will, really works. So traditionally, in psychology, we talk about neurosis and psychosis. And everybody listening to me, for the most part, I'm reasonably sure, if you're dealing with an anxiety disorder, like panic disorder, or agoraphobia, you're dealing with what would be classified as uh, traditionally as a neurosis. Whereas what you're worried about is that it will literally become a psychosis, which is traditionally defined as a break with reality, right? A break with reality. You don't understand what's real and what's not. You start to lose the boundaries of understanding what is imaginary and what is, what is not. Like those are the hallmarks of a psychosis or what some people would say truly mental illness or I'm, I'm really kind of watering this down in a big way, but, you know, insanity. People that are insane, crazy people there's a reason why we call them psycho or psychotic. I know those are not politically correct terms, but I think they would be useful to keep that in mind. So when you're talking about somebody who is psychotic, you use phrases like psycho, psychopath. There's a reason why we use those. Those are people who are in a situation where they truly do not understand the difference between what is real and what is not. So that, that is a different state to be in. That is a true state of, of mental pathology or illness. Whereas a neurosis is not, you did not lose, you are under stress, you are feeling things that make you uncomfortable and afraid and you don't like them and they're having a negative impact on your life. But in a neurosis, you do not lose touch with reality. And that's why one of the most common things that you hear people say is don't worry, like crazy people don't know they're going crazy. Like a person who is truly insane does not worry that they are going insane because they don't know. They actually are not aware of that. Now, I, I know I'm, I'm super, super simplifying it. So if you've got a PhD in psychology and you want to chime in on that, that that's cool. <laughs> I would certainly welcome it. I understand I'm, I'm grossly oversimplifying this, but it, it doesn't need to be a super detailed explanation here. Because really what we're doing is we're trying to address that irrational fear. The fear that you are going to somehow go insane or go crazy or lose your mind during a panic attack or when feeling anxious, that's an irrational fear. It is, a, it is catastrophic thinking. It's really thinking that's going to happen doesn't make it actually happen. There's nothing that you have ever done ever, ever, ever in your life that has kept it from happening. So these are all the things we talk about all the time, whether I was talking about the fear of a heart attack or a stroke or whatever it is, every nothing you have ever done up to this point in your life in response to your anxiety or panic, nothing you have ever done has kept you sane. Nothing. You have never, ever, ever successfully kept yourself from going insane. That is incredibly important for you to accept. And the reason why you have never saved yourself from, from going crazy or losing your mind is because it was never going to happen. Why? Because there is no, like, sanity control mechanism that is going to be overwhelmed by a tidal wave of fear, anxiety, and, and mental tension. That's just not going to happen. That there's no such thing. You know, in this situation, in this situation. Now, I know a lot of people are going to say, well, what about people who suffer from PTSD, or, you know, people who experience horrific, you know, um, experiences, uh, you know, soldiers in combat, people who witness horrible things like murders and things of that nature. Like, yes, that can have an effect. But, but your panic attacks are not that. So, the other thing that happens, we are catastrophic thinking and irrational thinking and distortion, fear based distortion. So you cannot take your panic attack. I don't care if you you insist that every panic attack you have is level 10. That if you're having the worst panic attack of your life on a regular basis, they can't all be the worst. But if you're having that, recognize that you are you you are viewing those things through a lens distorted by fear, and you are exaggerating all of it, all of it. So please do not equate your anxiety and your panic even, your fear of being alone, any of those things. Do not equate those with the horrific traumas that sometimes do lead to a bit of mental illness that needs to be resolved. Don't, like, don't confuse those things. You are not in the same league as those people. Now, I've been doing this a super long time. I have yet to run across a situation where somebody has gone from panic disorder or agoraphobia to schizophrenia or multiple personality disorder or some sort of psychotic quote unquote psychotic state, very traditional old fashioned terms, but you know, where you go from a neurosis to a psychosis. All the things we're talking about here are traditionally classified as neurosis. You know, and we treat them and 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 people get better. They do not a neurosis does not become a psychosis. That's not the way this is. Don't think of it as like, oh well, you know, I have a cold and that cold might become the flu. Like that's not the way this works. It doesn't work that way. So what you're dealing with is an irrational fear that has no basis in reality. You are distorting your view of it with that fear and magnifying the potential horrific outcomes. You're making incorrect assumptions and, and those that all has to be taken into account here. And again, I I can't say it enough. There is no like sanity protection circuit that is going to be overwhelmed and tripped. And like suddenly, boom, you're going to snap and go crazy and never return to normalcy. That's, That's never happened to you. And nothing you have ever done has kept it from happening to you because it was never going to happen to begin with. So that is is the big picture of the fear of, of going insane during a panic attack or periods of high anxiety. And I think a lot of people, I mean, I really want you to think about this. I understand because I was there. So I understand how incredibly uncomfortable that is. When you get to the point where, You feel like you just can't take another second of this because the fear is so intense. The tension in your head is so intense. The need to escape it is so intense. It feels like it can't possibly get any worse and you cannot possibly handle any more of it. I understand that, you know, how bad that feels. I have felt that. I have felt that and it feels inescapable, right? So when you think you can't escape, You're giving yourself two options here, I can either escape from this, which clearly I can't or something horrible is going to happen. And for you, if you're interested in the topic of this particular podcast, possibly going the fear of going insane. To you, I can't escape or I will go crazy. That's your thing. You are no different than the person that says I must escape this or I'll have a heart attack. I must escape this or I will pass out. The same thing you are the same as those people. This is not a special thing. You're in no more danger than any of those people are. So you have to keep that in mind. Like there's there's nothing happening here that's going to this is not a binary thing. I either escape this horrible feeling right now or or this other horrible thing happens in your case going crazy or losing your mind. This isn't the way that works. It never worked that way. It's never going to start it's not going to start working that way. So that's like the big view of, you know, the fear of going insane. And and that's what it is. You think that something is going to overwhelm somehow the the protection you have that keeps you sane. And there really is no protection that keeps you sane. There's nothing to be overwhelmed. You are a sane person. And that doesn't just change. You are a sane person. And panic and anxiety do not make that change. They just don't. So let's talk about how we approach that then. Well, we approach it the same exact way. And I know this is always unpopular and people kind of cringe when I say this stuff, but if you have a terrible fear that you are going to lose your mind or go crazy or develop a true mental illness of some kind because of anxiety, go ahead, do it. The same way that I have told thousands and thousands of people, go ahead, die. Go ahead, have a heart attack. Go ahead, pass out. Go ahead, vomit. Go ahead, have a stroke. Go ahead, embarrass yourself. Like, go ahead. Like, you, you, the way you're going to really approach this and start to get over this fear is to just let that terrible thing happen. But you are increasing that tension, that unbearable tension mentally in your head when you think this is going to happen and I must hang on, I must hang on, I must hang on, I must think about it, I must think about it, I must be on guard against insanity, I have to keep thinking about it, what if I'm crazy, what if I go crazy, what if I'm going to go crazy? Like all that thinking about it, all the guarding and tensing and fighting and bracing and trying to hold on to your sanity is actually increasing the mental and emotional tension that makes you think you're going to go insane. So it's the resistance that really ratchets that up to that fever pitch that you think is going to overwhelm your sanity circuit breaker and send you onto the other side of some sort of like continuum. You know, if the breaker is on, if the breaker is on, then I'm sane. But if that breaker trips, then uh-oh, I'm insane. That's not the way the brain works, and that's not what's going to happen. And when you are trying like desperately to keep that circuit breaker intact, oh, I can't let it trip or I'll go insane. You are amping up the tension that leads you to believe that you are going to go insane. So it's this horrible self-sustaining, like cyclical, it fuels itself thing. But that's the same with everybody's fear, fear of a heart attack or death or whatever it is, you know, trying so hard not to die, ramps up the anxiety and fear that makes you think you're going to die. So we really need to look at that and you need to say, well, I'm terrified. I'm ter- So uh, let me describe this to you. And I think it's a, disc- you'll probably understand this. You may look at other people who, who are having the fear of death or heart attack or some sort of physical damage and think, oh, I wish I had that. You know, I wish I was afraid of passing out. I'd rather be afraid of passing out than going insane, losing my mind, never coming back to reality. You're probably thinking that. I think a lot of you are thinking that. But that's because you are seeing somehow your fear and this horrible fate that never actually happens and won't happen. You're seeing it as somehow worse. Well, that's worse. Maybe death is worse, I guess, but I'd, I'd much rather pass out or vomit or embarrass myself than go insane, permanently insane, right? You're probably thinking that, but in the end, your insanity is no more likely than someone else's, you know, being sick to their stomach or having an accident, and not get to the bathroom or, or passing out in the supermarket. Like it's doesn't, it's no different. So you have to, you have to understand the irrationality and the distortion there you have to understand that there's no mechanism at play that's keeping you sane. You're just sane by definition. You were born that way and, it, and you're going to remain that way. And everything that you've been doing to try and stay sane is actually ramping up the fear that makes you think you're going to go insane. And in the end, your fear is no different than someone else's fear. So the way they would approach the fear of passing out is go ahead, pass out. I dare you go ahead and die. I dare you to die. It won't and it doesn't ever happen. And that's how those people learn to overcome the fear of dying or passing out or whatever they have. And you're going to do exactly the same thing. So you're going to have to learn to do the exact opposite of what you have been doing. When you get into that fever pitch state, rather than amping it up even more and like, oh, hanging on for dear life and hanging on to your sanity, or you think you're hanging on to your sanity, you're going to have to let go. You're going to have to let go and just let the worst thing happen. And it never does. When you stop fighting it, suddenly there's less tension. That's just the way this works. And you will learn, like, oh, I never had to fight this. Like, I, I'm, I guess I'm not going to go insane. Even if I go ahead and let myself go insane, I won't, it won't happen. So that's how you're going to have to approach this, the same way that everybody has to approach all of the fears that come along with these anxiety disorders, all of the irrational, unfounded, distorted, fear-magnified catastrophes that never happen. This is how we approach all of them. And this is how you have to approach yours. So this is that thing where you're going to have to find the ability to understand what the process is. Okay, this is why I have to do this really scary thing, meaning let go and let yourself go insane. This is why I had to do this. I'm going to trust the process, even though I don't necessarily believe it yet, you will you won't believe it. When you let go, you think you are surrendering to insanity. But when you give up the fight, and surrender and don't go insane, that's when you will believe the process. So it's the same thing that goes along with, I mean, it's the same thing you've heard me say probably thousands of times in the last five years. When you surrender, give up the fight, and the worst case doesn't happen, then you learn, oh, I don't have to fight this thing. And then everything changes, and things start to change for you. So, you know, that's kind of the way you're going to have to approach this, the fear of going insane. You're going to have to let it happen because nothing you've been doing stops it from happening anyway. So you have to learn that. And you can only learn it through the experience of doing that terribly scary and brave thing that says, I'm just gonna let it go. I'm just gonna let go and sit back in my chair and let myself go insane. And and then you don't. And then everything starts to change because you have experiences that say, Oh, I was wrong, your brain starts to understand like, Oh, damn, I've been wrong all this time. I don't have to do this. So there's that. So let's go over a little bit. Where are we 19 minutes? Um, let's go over a couple of things that were brought up in the Facebook group with relation to this fear. Um, one that came up a couple of times is people talk specifically about schizophrenia and being afraid that they would somehow become schizophrenic. This was a very specific, not just I'm going to a crazy, I'm going to become schizophrenic, which is you know, that's a very specific fear of, of going into a true mental, mental illness. But just because you stuck a name on it, you know, I don't know if anybody was saying like, well, geez, I, you know, I'm afraid to become a schizophrenic. I'm afraid of having multiple personality disorder. I'm afraid of, you know, a bunch of different things that we could throw out, bring out of like the DSM. But in the end, if you are fixated specifically on schizophrenia, that's irrational also, and and it's not based on anything in particular. You'd have to ask yourself, well, why, why do I think specifically that I'll become schizophrenic? One person said, I'm convinced that when I'm 27, like somehow magically on her 27th birthday, she will become schizophrenic. Which, you know, and she even said, well, I know that's completely crazy, but, you know, anxiety. So that was good as a person who understands. So schizophrenia came up a few times, there's nothing special about that. Like it's no it's not some sort of thing that's more likely to happen. And I'm not sure why that particular affliction comes up more than any others. Maybe because it's just one that we hear about more often. So it's just it's up in your face a little bit more. But that's not a special thing either. If you're worried about schizophrenia, you don't have to worry about that. But let's talk about um, tension. So there's definitely the tension thing. And I said that early on. So really what this is, is you feel that that intense fear, that white hot fear in your head, and it, and it's a tension. It's a state of tension that says like, I just can't take any more of this. Like it's a tension and the challenge of enduring that tension. And and that that is what this is. And it leads to people, they talk about losing control. We talked about that. You think you will lose control because your control mechanism will get overwhelmed. That's not gonna happen. And there's also the talk of, finding the breaking point. Somebody said, uh, one of the questions that came up is, how do you know when you've reached your breaking point? Well, the answer to that is you've probably reached your breaking point, I'm doing air quotes, 200 times in the last few years, if this has been a long term problem for you. And it's, it's never ever been your breaking point. And in the in the end, really, I think as far as the, the you know, talking about the tension, the level of tension and the challenge of enduring that tension and that fear and tying that into breaking point. Well, what really, everybody has a breaking point. What's the breaking point? But in the end, I think you have to be realistic about this and say, there's only so high that that tension can be. And, and in this thing that we deal with, and I've dealt with in the past, and you're dealing with now, we have a tendency to really like misdescribe you know, what's going on. Every panic attack is level 10. Every one is the worst one ever. That's not possible. Because that would mean that somehow or other the mechanism of anxiety and panic just keeps getting worse and worse and worse and worse forever for the rest of your life. And that's just not possible because there is physiology under anxiety and panic and, and it is limited to a certain extent. The human body only has a certain amount of reaction to adrenaline and fear that it can have. But in the moment, in every single panic attack, you are judging that one as as a level 10. This one is the mother of all panic, is the worst one ever. And I guarantee, unless it's your first panic attack, I guarantee that if you have described a panic attack as the worst one I ever had, you've probably used that term at least four or five times in the recent past to describe other anxiety episodes also. So to tie it back into the breaking point, what is the breaking point? You've been at the breaking point probably 100 times in the last two years. So you're, you're misjudging what the breaking point is. Like this is just going to keep ratcheting up and up. It's going to come a day when, when I will hit a breaking point. No, you won't. Like, you've been at the same point again and again and again and again, just that every time it happens, you deem it worse than the last time, and that's just not the way that's going. And honestly, even if it was, you control that. So, you know, a couple of minutes ago, I talked about reacting differently to it, just letting it go, surrendering, giving up the fight. Like, when you do that, you immediately decrease. You will ramp up the fear, but the tension, when you give up the bracing and the fighting and you surrender – you will be afraid you're probably already about as afraid as you could be that fear might ratchet up a little bit but the tension that you are holding like trying to hold back the tidal wave the dam you know you can't let the dam overflow when you give that up you will start to decrease that tension that stress that mental tension that you're under that fear of trying to hang on so tight when you give up that starts to drop and so really when you actually when you do that you move away from that imaginary breaking point. You're lowering the tension. You're lowering the stress. You're lowering the challenge. It's, it's a challenge, but now it becomes more of a, a pure fear and courage and bravery challenge than a hanging on challenge, right? So when you let go of that hanging on and bracing thing and just let it be a pure, I'm going to just experience fear right now, that lowers the tension. It lowers the challenge of that. So if nothing else, even if there was some sort of magic breaking point, which there isn't, the way that you back away from the breaking point is to let go, stop fighting. That's important to know. So how do you know when you're at the breaking point? You've been at the breaking point many times before. So there is no breaking point. That's how you know. And and the way to back away from it, even if there was a breaking point, is to let go, surrender. Let the worst thing happen and stop fighting this. Um. People talked about being out of control, but we did talk about, we think that it's going to overwhelm somehow your control circuit. There is, um, I want to leave the depersonalization and derealization for last. i want to talk about that. But uh, a couple of people also talked about the fear of being mentally ill. That's a schizophrenia thing. I talked about that. Um, Some people have a pervasive, so even when they're not in a panic state, they are constantly thinking, ruminating over and over and over. What if this becomes, not right now, not this minute, because they're not in a panic at that moment. But they're worried, what if this somehow, these panic attacks, this agoraphobia that I have, whatever you're dealing with health anxiety, what if that becomes, what if this is a precursor? What if this is an indicator that I'm actually truly mentally ill? So some people walk around fearing that so they fear the next attack, that's true. And they fear going crazy during that attack, or maybe they don't even fear going crazy, but they fear that the attacks themselves are indicators that there's a lurking mental illness in the background. And the only way I could address that for you is to say that's an intrusive and irrational thought. You do not have to engage with that thought. You can let that thought terrify you without chasing it, right? Because you think, well, when I have that thought, I better analyze this, I better Google, I better ask somebody, I better seek reassurance. No, no. When you have the thought in the back of your head, like, well, what if there's something really wrong with me then? What if this means that I am mentally ill? And I'm going to become mentally ill because I have this problem. Okay, no problem. You just had that thought. It's just a thought. Mm -hmm. And even though it's a scary thought, it doesn't mean you have to follow it. You don't have to honor it. You don't have to give it any more, you know, any more juice by asking about it, talking about it, Googling about it, wondering why I had the thought. I don't like this thought. Just a thought. doesn't predict any reality. Like, if you walked around thinking like, oh my God, what if I'm actually an ostrich? Or what if I'm actually a platypus? You wouldn't worry that like, that's a real, oh my goodness. Like, what if I become a platypus? And I'm being a little bit, you know, humorous here. And I'm, hopefully you see the humor in that. But really, and truly operationally, there is zero difference between the, the background and pervasive the intrusive thought that you are mentally ill, and the intrusive thought that you are a platypus, they are both equally as likely, even though I know you think that because you're having panic and anxiety, that it means that you might be mentally ill, because it's a mental thing, but it's not. It's not. So keep that in mind. Use your favorite animal, use an ostrich, use a platypus, use a rhinoceros, I don't care. koala bear. Like so when you have that thought that says, "Oh no, what if I'm actually crazy? What if I'm mentally ill and I don't know it? What if I'm slowly going mentally ill? What if this means that I will become mentally ill?" the answer to that would be like, "Well, what if I become a platypus? Silly, right? And then you have to learn to let the thought be there, focus away from it, and keep moving on. And if you have to do that a hundred thousand times in a day, then do it a hundred thousand times in a day until you learn the lesson that says, oh, that thought is completely irrelevant. You only learn through experience that when you stop engaging with the thought and it never comes true, then the experience teaches you like, I don't have to think that anymore. It's clearly not a correct thought. Experience shows me that it is not a correct thought. It's just a thought. That's all, that's all it is. So um, there's that. I wanna wrap it up here uh, by addressing DPDR. So that's a depersonalization and derealization. Now, I've actually done, it's two of the more popular podcast episodes that I've done. They're from years ago. So if you go to theanxioustruth.com and search for depersonalization or derealization, you'll see two episodes that I did specifically on this. But it does tie in to this fear of going crazy or slipping away or snapping or losing your mind. A lot of people, when they experience depersonalization, and derealization, that is the conclusion that they draw. Like, oh no, this is me losing my mind and and I, I might stay this way but that's not true so depersonalization and derealization are just symptoms like a racing heart or being short of breath or being dizzy they they're no different they're it's just another it's just another symptom that's all it is so the way i can address like yeah i know like i have a fear of of losing it or slipping away or losing my mind or going crazy and you know it's worse for me because i have dpdr well no it's not it's really not so I want you to think about DPDR D- is just another anxiety symptom. It's not a special symptom. It's not it's not a special like oh we got we have to address this specifically because it's a different kind of anxiety symptom. It's the same as every other anxiety symptom. It is. It's uncomfortable, it's scary, you don't like it, it's unpleasant, you want it to go away, but it is not harmful. It is just not harmful. So, you can go back and listen to those podcast episodes. They're a few years old, but they still apply. I mean, I have my own sort of theory, and I just, I clearly state it's just my own theory. It's not based on any sort of fact. It's just a change in the way you perceive yourself and the world temporarily. Sometimes it helps people reframe that. But if you think that, well, it's depersonalization and that makes it more likely that I'm going to go crazy, no. So, as you can see, as we've gone through this, we talked about mental underlying, you know, the fear of underlying mental illness. That's an irrational fear and not real the fear that you will lose your mind because you just can't take anymore, that's an irrational fear of distortion and it's not correct and it's not going to happen. And the same thing holds true with DPDR. DPDR is not special and it, and it isn't. I know how uncomfortable it is and I know how much you hate it. I know how scary it is because it feels weird and like very unsettling. I know because I have a tremendous amount of experience specifically with those symptoms. So I know exactly how scary it is and how uncomfortable it is. But in the end... You have to accept that. Well, it's just another symptom. It is not, not a special symptom. And it doesn't indicate that I'm going to stay in that in that situation, or that one day it's going to happen and I won't ever get out of it. and I'm going to go over the edge to insanity. That's not DPDR is not a step toward insanity. It's just, it's just not. That's not what that is. So it does not indicate like, Oh, I've taken one step toward the crazy zone. That's not what it is. It's not what it is at all. Just another anxiety symptom. Dissociation. There's about a zillion different theories out there as to why we experience state of dissociation, which that's what that is—the dissociative state—and that exists on a a very wide spectrum. You know, if if you're dealing with dissociation (DPDR) as an anxiety symptom, you're very on the far mild end of the spectrum, as opposed to somebody who has a dissociative disorder where they deal with that all the time and it never ends. But even in those cases, those people learn to live with that and they're okay. It's uncomfortable. But it's not a step. DPDR does not put you down the road to insanity. So keep that in mind. That is that is the way I would answer the concerns about DPDR. So that I mean, I've now talked for 32 minutes about the the fear of going crazy, or insane or developing some sort of severe mental illness or serious mental illness as an outgrowth of your anxiety problem. You know, these are it's just an irrational thought. It's an irrational fear. It's a distortion. It's it's catastrophizing catastrophizing. Wow, I murdered that, didn't I? So it's all of those things. It's all those things. The same as every other anxiety, fear, fear of death, fear of physical problem, all that stuff, fear of embarrassment, same thing, fear of going crazy, no different. So hopefully, this has helped. I hope it has helped. I hope it has helped. I mean, I would say go and find the the, uh, episodes in DPDR. Hopefully, that, that will also help you too, if you have that particular problem. And I think that's it. I'm going to be back next week. I don't know what the episode's going to be next week, but I will be back to do one anyway. Um, Just as a reminder, the song you're hearing at the beginning and the end here is Afterglow by my friend Ben Drake. That's facebook.com slash Ben Drake Music. And if you're listening on iTunes or wherever you can rate a podcast, please go ahead and leave me a nice rating. Maybe write a review. It always helps other people find the podcast, which I appreciate. Guys, thanks for coming by. I appreciate it. And I will see you again next time. And this is where your story begins You got the feeling that you're gonna win Yeah, you're on your way It's in the afterglow It's in the lyrics of the songs we know It's in these feelings that you never show Yeah, you're doing fine It's all around you, you can breathe it in This is where your story begins You got the feeling that you're gonna win Yeah, y'all doing fine